juice from the friend zone. Mom trying to be, I'm trying to reach the end zone. You think I'm kind of sweet and you want to be friends though? It's cool though. Just don't try to play me for no fool, yo. Juice from the friend zone. Mom trying to be, I'm trying to reach the end zone. You think I'm kind of sweet and you want to be friends though? It's cool though. Just don't try to play me for no fool, yo. Yeah, 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 it's your boy Real Talk Morph. Welcome to another edition of the Views from the Friends on Podcast. Happy Palm Sunday to everybody, you know what I'm saying? You know, it's just going to be me and Cliff Brock Benam today, so it's going to be a little Stephen A. Smith, Max Kellerman going on, you know what I'm saying? So, Horace Grant, Harvey Grant show. Yeah, so <laughs> well, I'm going to let him introduce himself. It's the boy Cliff Brock Benam. Yeah, 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 you know what I'm saying? So, you know, we've been watching a lot of NCAA tournament, you know. My team Duke is still in it, you know what I'm saying? And shout out to Villanova. Shout out to the Loyola Chicago Ramblers, okay. you know what I'm saying? I, I think they got God on their side with uh, what, Sister Jean or something like that. Okay, cool. Yeah, what about you? How you been watching the tournament? Um, I've been watching the tournament on and off. This year, I don't know. This year, I, I didn't watch a lot of college ball, and, I, and I, I love college ball, but I want Villanova to go all the way. Shout out to Jay Wright. Jay Wright from the Hofstra Jays. And Jay Wright is a big recruiting from New York and from back in the days with Speedy Claxton. Yeah. Norm Richardson, you know, he started from the the, the, the underground. So from him come Hofstra, and then he was looking at going for a second championship. Yeah, that's a, good look. that's a good look. Yeah, you know? man. So, you know, so, I got to uh, get to a more serious, you know, topic and message. I want to say rest in peace to my childhood friend, Amir Bay. We knew him as Danny Murray, but at the time of his passing, the name was Amir Bay. And we also want justice for Amir Bay. If you get a chance, if you could Google the name Amir Bay, you you know you hear about the circumstances of his passing, and it's it's just not right. You know what I'm saying? And you know, I don't want to go too much in detail over the podcast, but we definitely want justice for Amir Bay, and I want to say rest in peace. But if you get a chance, Google that name Amir M A R R last name Bay B E Y. I'm saying you want to say um, anything? Yeah, uh, like to follow my big bro said, you know, rest in peace to our brother. You know, we loved him. You know, 20 years plus we knew him. You know, he was a great guy, great character. Mm. I had the privilege of seeing him six months ago. He was in, you know, he was in good spirits. And, you know, to hear this news, it's just been trauma for all of us. You know, yeah. everybody from 170, you know, is we're just emotionally down. And then, you know, just friends and families, we just, you know, need to stick together and, Support each other because you never know when it's going to be the last conversation when yeah. you talk to somebody. But you know, rest in peace and I, and we love you, bro. Yeah, rest in peace, man. Yeah. And you know what? What's relevant to um to bringing that up? You know, the the untimely demise of my brother is you know he was a black man and he was you know killed by the hands of a white woman who was supposed to be his would be fiance. You know, like I said, I don't want to spend too much time on the details, but. You know, if you get a chance, Google the story and we want justice for Mayor Bay. But it further brings up to the situation I want to talk about in our first topic of the show, right, is why are black men so scary and white terrorists are so misunderstood? And, um, you know, the relevance of the story that I was mentioning before is just like, you know, as a black man, when a black man's in a situation, he's painted negatively. You bring up his past, even though he's a victim of a crime or of a situation that has nothing to do with his past, right? You know, a lot of times we see the cops kill these unarmed black men and then they do research on him and say, well, you know, five years ago he caught a ticket somewhere or five years ago he got arrested for shoplifting. Like, that had nothing to do with 
him getting shot and killed in his backyard of his own home. You know, I'm, I'm talking about Stefan Clark. You know, he getting killed in his backyard of his own home with a cell phone in his hand, and they're saying that, oh, we thought it was a gun. We thought it was a, a crowbar. And then you mm -hmm. come to find out that, you know, after a while they didn't have it. But then, you know, we have the bomber or the killer in Texas, you know, the, the, the white gentleman, and it was just like, he was misunderstood. He was, you know, a confused man who was trying to get his life together, but then got, you know, angry. And it's just like, so we, we have more compassion, you know, compassion when it comes to the, the for, 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 for white terrorists or terrorists who aren't minorities, but then the victims who are minorities, we always look for their back past. So, you know, yeah. the first question is, you know, why are black men so scary and white terrorists so, so misunderstood? And the sub question is, can we do anything to change that narrative? What do you think? Um, I think the reason why black men get labeled so scary is even back to the Black Panther days, right? Even the Black Panther days, was they was going for justice and equality and standing up for black rights and stuff. But the cops looked at it as something that this is a group that was just going around fighting and trying to be rebellious against the institution. But no, they were standing up for their rights, what you know, what African Americans deserve and what they believe. So, the, so if, even from those days on, so... When a black person gets into a situation, and not to make it you know, just a race card, it's always looked at as, oh, he's being the aggressor, not that he's defending himself, you know? So a lot of times with white terrorists, when white terrorists do something, and um, they, try to, they try to elaborate it with his mental illness. Oh, since he was 10 years old, he had some kind of mental illness. Yeah. What about that black brother? He could yeah, have had, we, he could have he, he been not been fortunate with, well, he could have been had mental illness since he, since young. But what he, about him? He could have had, you know, not have two parents in his home. Exactly. Had, had some kind of bad circumstances that, that was part of his life. But we don't give these black victims the same kind of chance to be made human. My The issue that I have is don't sympathize Nicholas Cruz. You know, that's the... um the white gentleman who killed the 17 kids in Florida now it's been almost 6 weeks ago don't 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 ask me to be sympathetic for for this person or or the the bomber in in Texas when my when the black victims or minority victims we always got to see like well you know this person wasn't an angel this person's dead now so now you taking the time to to make this person into a monster or make this person into you know, a suspect when they're the victim of these harsh crimes. You know what I'm saying? I don't understand how we could change the narrative, but we need to change it because I'm tired of every week, every couple of weeks, another unarmed black person or unarmed minority is killed, whether it be through the cops, whether it be through, you know, a racist person. Like, even Dylan, Dylan Roof. Dylan Roof is the guy who killed the, the nine people in South Carolina a few years ago. Yeah. His sister... Last month was saying how all these people who are going to walk out are oh, going to be mostly black people, and I hope they get killed too. And then it, nothing. People are just like, oh, she's just acting out. Like how many times like she's are we going to? Yeah. How many times are we going to sympathize with the with the suspects and then not yeah. show that same kind of love to victims? Like what what do you think we can do as a people to change this? I feel like we don't. No one's being held accountable, even when. We can't even get cops to get arraigned or to get charges on them. Forget, forget, yeah. get taken to court. A lot of times they get thrown out before they even get to court. And and 
the majority of times these people have no weapons on them and they're saying oh well if he was innocent he wouldn't act a certain way like yo we we know that when cops are coming at us a lot of times the things aren't going to play well for us so people react like yo they're scared you know they're, they're acting like oh shoot oh shoot you know i'm trying to get away kind of thing like that but do they need to be shot and killed it's it's crazy how we consistently you know get shot get killed like why can't these people get arrested why like in the sacramento situation yeah one man by himself shot 20 times each cop shot him 10 times these are trained professionals it's a fact. you ca- you came after him has a cell phone in his hand you thought the cell phone was a gun how many times is a wallet i thought it was a gun you know sometimes they say put your hands to the sky or Show me what's in your pockets. And then you go into your pockets, and then all of a sudden, oh, you moved in a way that you shouldn't have moved when you're following directions. Yeah. Do you think there's anything we can do to change the narrative? I feel like, yo, we're not being given justice. We we need to start doing something more drastic because we protest, then we look like villains when we protest. Um, It's tough, right? Because um, it's, it's like the people that we... Got considered importance That's African American people Or just in general Like LeBron James Will speak up about Certain issues Which I respect Dwayne Wade Carmelo Anthony Certain guys But like Certain people Don't speak about These issues And that If it's not gonna Affect you What you call it And you're somebody That's important You know You got you got a big audience That's looking at you Every day Talk about it We need to You know People that That have certain status Need to alert Alert others That's what's going on Because Somebody like me and you We only got a certain audience That we can connect to It's only gonna reach But so far But somebody Just for instance With social media Somebody who has Two million followers If they're talking about This issue um, Talking about this issue That we're talking about today Oh People's gonna be aware of it now Some people are just not aware of it Because You know The People that's talking about it They don't have the select You know Select followings And also They don't have issues Where people's gonna follow it You know What kills me is like When we have a tragedy That happens in the country Like the shooting in Vegas That happened ago You know The the rogue Older white gentleman Who shot all those people They always say Let's come together as one We're suffering as a people We're suffering as a nation And then you see something happening Where black and brown people Are killed on a large level And it go quiet Where's the let's 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 do this as a nation? You know what I'm saying? Like I really feel like it's crazy how we don't this country, this world doesn't value black life. Like it's not life. It's 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 just injustice and also like the isolation of it. Like it always seems like we're being isolated when an incident comes on, right? Like something something that happened and the news will talk about it for one or two days and then swept under the rug. But something where like you know, the Connecticut shooting and stuff. They want to talk about all the mental illness. Oh, he needed help. Somebody should have reached out to him, explain why he, his actions was justified. Yeah. But we getting shot every day. And then and then it's like, oh, you know, if he would have just cooperated or if he just did this. And then it's like, the, the disrespectful thing with, with these situations also to me is, don't 
don't put the person's mugshot of the person to make him look like he sees yeah, something. Yeah, like, like this person's listen, a victim, and then now their mugshot this, is this, brought this, up. This person's a victim, and then you put you try to find the worst picture to make him look like a criminal. Where he could have been a college graduate, he could have been very successful, making good money, providing for his family, okay. and then you put the worst picture up. Case so, in point, the uh, the bomber in Texas, right? The yeah. Austin, Texas guy. Yeah. They put up a picture of him looking clean cut. And young, that's not even the picture of how he looks now. Now he has blonde hair, kind of scruffy. He looks, he looked crazier. I don't want to say he was crazy, but he looked more deranged now. But they took the time out to find a picture of like his high school looking clean cut, normal kind of thing. Because, but you know what it is? It's like I said, going back to the Black Panther days. The Black Panther was a group that that was trying to get respect and justice for African Americans and minorities in general. Certain people took it as, oh, they're being violent, they're being angry, they're dangerous. What you call it? It's like, it's like when you with the whole Charlotte incident, incident, what you call it, that happened a long time ago. Yeah. Everybody tried to justify this and that and why it was was like going on. The white on. supremacists are allowed yeah. to have their voice too, which is cool. But the CIA got involved in trying to dismember the Black Panthers, who was just trying to have a movement to protect. To try color. to build after school programs, you try to build community WIC, the programs. The WIC program that we run today is 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 birthed from the Black Panther. Of course, it, like I said, so I feel like where we losing the connection from is people with important platforms who are just not minorities, people in general, they need to speak up and take action. Like you know, honestly, um, Jay Z's um, moving forward and he's doing a lot of good things. Pop Daddy's also moving forward. You know. Even if you, even if you're just a regular person, but you got two million followers, and and you talk about these issues, it's gonna be important now. You understand? Because if you got two million followers, that means somebody's following you every day or think your life is important. We need people that have some kind of substance and awareness to reach out and let let us know what's going on. Because, like I said, me and you, even though we're doing a podcast, we're only gonna reach certain audience. We're not gonna reach everybody. I, I so, think, I think, you know, we have to be. Start thinking of drastic ways to change things. I think. What do you think? What do you think? I um, have two radical. I don't want to say radical, but two things I feel like we should do as a nation, as a people, to to get a little attention. One of them is considered illegal. Another one of them is not illegal. So I'm going to start with the legal thing. I think, as a whole, if more black men, more black minority people, apply for gun licenses. Go out and start making active like you're going to start purchasing guns. Because the NRA and this gun control, they like who's purchasing a large portion of these guns. The the thing about it is minority representation, it's sad to say, a lot of times the guns are possessed illegally. Yeah. We're not doing it where we're going to get gun licenses and getting legal guns. I think if we start doing that as a whole, they'll start to say, wait a minute. They're about to start arming up. The game is about to change. Then they'll start making it a little bit more difficult to get a gun. That's because true. right now, it's easy to get a gun if you look a certain way. But only people who look a certain way are going to get the guns legally. The next thing I think we need to start doing, which is not legal, is I, w- I, I want to start telling people like, yo, we need to go to our, our representation and say like, yo, if I don't get equal representation under the law... I'm not going to be paying my taxes. Why am I paying my property taxes, paying my taxes at work, 
And then the law doesn't work for me. That's a fact. That's you know what I'm fact. saying? We're paying the salaries of the cops who are shooting us down with our taxes. I move into a certain neighborhood. I'm paying the same taxes as my neighbor, but my neighbor gets better services than I do. I don't get to say, you know what, because I'm black, you're not treating me right. He paid $12,000 property taxes. I'm only going to pay seven. That's a fact. We it's, both get charged the same 12. There's no negotiation. Like I said, like, I really, I really, you know, feel like, you know, if you somebody was, it's, it's, you don't even have to be an athlete or rapper or celebrity or whatever, but if you somebody that got a big audience and you know that even some of the comedians who's just comedians on Instagram or whatever, you know, sometimes you got, sometimes you could be a comedian and also you could be serious because those comedians, they get 500,000 people following them, a million people. Yeah. But even if them, even if they just talking about these issues, what's going on, it will reach and then we, it would hit a platform there. We could build awareness. Right now, the awareness is, is like, it's sad, but everybody has a, I, if it, it ain't affecting me, so I don't care, attitude, you know, and I'm not going to sit there and be a hypocrite. We all could fall in that when it comes to certain situations. But, you know, it comes a time, it comes a point in time where you got to look at yourself and you got to look in between and say, you know what, what can I do? What's the next step for me to help out? You know, like, it, you know, sometimes you, you look at life of certain situations and you're like, oh, it ain't, they ain't got nothing to do with me. But if you got the platform and you got the ability to help, help. Sometimes it only take five minutes. You might have a million followers, and if you say something important, now, out of a million, 200,000 might be like, yo, he's right. I'm going to look into that. So, you know? So my thing is, and we, we kind of touched on it, but I want to touch on it further. Like, the white terrorists are made to seem like they're the victim. Why can't we get that same compassion? Like, I don't understand how minority victims, it gets glossed over. It's like... My, so, like... The bomber that I'm talking about, right? Two of the victims were black. No one, no one's reporting about the victims. I'm not getting anything. Case in point, this is a sidebar, but look at look at the drug, the war on drugs. When crack became an epidemic in the the neighborhood, it was a war on drugs. It was a war to arrest people possessing cocaine, crack. War people selling it, possessing it. People who were addicted were getting charges as if they were distributing it. Yeah. Now heroin is messing with the suburbs, and now it's a, now it's a sickness. Yeah. Now right? it's now it's, it's, a it's not treated illness. as a pure crime. It's treated as a sickness. Yeah. Why? Because yeah. the people who are becoming victims of the heroin epidemic don't necessarily all become, or all minorities or all people in the ghettos. It's people now in the suburbs. It's your neighbor who's on heroin now. It's your neighbor's kid who's on heroin. And now there's, we need to get together. And, you know, help these people get help. But when it was the crack epidemic, it was just like a war on drugs. Like, big bro, like, this is an on-and-go issue, even though it's 2018, and, you know, a lot of good stuff has happened for African Americans, and you can't stand on your own. But, you know, every day a scenario come up, and you're like, wow. Damn, it's, it's this world it, this world is seems like it doesn't change when it comes to certain issues, like, when, when, no disrespect, but when these white victims do these crimes, they never get the mugshot that, that looks like they're evil or angry or whatever. They get the, the wholesome of, oh, we should have, we should, it wasn't something that happened to 
him at 11 years old that we missed the mental illness. We don't get the, oh, when we get the so victim. So is mental illness only a, a white issue? Because it but seems like what, black but, people but are that, predators but, but that, and white people have mental but, illness. But that's what it always happens. You ever realize when these victims do these shootings or they do certain actions, um, the higher-ups or the news reporters want to say it has something to do with the mental issues, you know, um, Maybe it was missed that at a certain age, this is what causes that. But with us, we got shot 16 times, and then you showing a picture of us with a do-rag on, saying that, oh, you know, he had the do-rag on, this is this is how... Sure. So you automatic painting the picture to the audience of, this is how this is how he behaves, this is why it happened to him. So if somebody like me that don't even know the issue, I see him like, oh yeah, he was a thug. So that's what happens, which is sad, but even though it's 2018, certain situations would never change. But like I said, what we can do to help the situation is if you have a platform, build awareness, help each other, you know, do certain gatherings to help each other to to alert certain people what's going on, you know, because like I said, me and you can only reach what so far, but... Somebody would my thing is big, how do you want me to be a productive person in society if you make me feel like I don't belong in society? But listen, this has been going on for years and years and it's gonna keep going on. It, it the sad to say is, you know what? Even certain situations that just happened recently that deal that hit home with us, you know? I don't wanna elaborate on it. But I'm like it's scary because now I'm a father and a parent and I'm like there's going to be certain situations my daughter go through and she's probably not going to understand it but I'm going to have to sit it down and explain why certain things are happening and and how to deal with it you know and, and that's a conversation I was just having with my wife the other day like yeah, it's crazy we're going to have to talk to you know we're going to have to talk to um, our daughter about the situation of certain things you know and and when that time comes we got to be mentally prepared to not act a, a certain way to, to guide her that way but also let her know why it's going on. Mm -hmm. Because I, I feel like a lot of people, a lot of times, when it comes to certain situations, like I have white friends. I had a, I had a lot of white friends we, we in high school and college. Not, not saying that, but sometimes they just don't know. They'll say certain things and I'm like, bro, what, you, what, you know, what they I, just, they just don't know, they just don't know. Sometimes they never been around it and they was raised a certain way. So they don't understand what like why they can't use certain words or certain terms or certain behaviors is not justified because maybe because I'm doing it and we're acting the same way. My my thing is, you know, I, I have plenty of white friends, friends from all different my different you know ethnic backgrounds, friends that I love. I, I'm not, I don't have no problems with no particular race. My issue is I want equality. Like you know, I'll sometimes hear like you know, you know people from other background talk about black people or black victims and be like oh yeah but that's different you're not like them no I am like them I, I, I do look like that person I am from a particular neighborhood like that person you, you, you gave me a chance because you was forced to give me a chance because you met me in a setting of education you met me in a setting of work you see that I work at a a big place a just like you. place, and you know, I I went to college and I got my education with you. So you see me as oh, I'm I'm not a threat. But a lot of these victims, you don't you don't know their background when they become victims. That's that's my issue. But Trayvon Martin, they put the picture up in his hoodie. Then they put your picture up with gold teeth on him and stuff like that. 
But his parents made available the picture of him graduating, the picture of him, you know, coming from doing who, sports activities. Let's, let, they didn't put up those pictures. But, they put up the hoodlum picture. But let's let's talk about it. Who in the media send those photos out to say, listen, I, you know, I, I could find the pictures where it, it looked like it could be justified. And that, that's, that's what that, that's the problem. Let me, let me ask the last question, and then you could go 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 into that because that's my last question on this topic. I know this topic's been kind of tough. I want to move on to something lighter, but we need to talk about this again. Yeah. Can we blame the media on continuing to make us seem dangerous? And and that's my point. That is my issue because the media, right? It's the media responsibility to inform us about news and current events. My problem is if we're always being reported and representing a certain way, how do, how how would Timmy in Iowa know not to fear black men as a threat if every time you turn on the TV he sees a black man doing something crazy? He, it's being reported. You know, people always say we control our image with our music and stuff like that, but also it's like it's the news responsibility to report things fairly. I want to be able to get a chance that, you know what, something happened to a black person or a black person was a suspect, and you give them a fair chance, just like if, if a white person, like, you know, we'll, we'll hear certain crimes, like a, a shooting, someone shot up the mall and stuff like that, and we know, for the you know, at times, we, we play the game where it's just like, you know what, that's probably a white person or a person not of color, and then you come to find out it is, and then when you try to find out about the person, you hear all these good stories, yeah. Oh, he was so quiet. Yeah. I don't know what happened and stuff like that. Yeah. But a black person gets shot and it's just like, well, you know, he hung out with the bad crowd. Like, it doesn't make no sense. Like and I, I said, think we have to hold the media responsible for fair reporting. It, they should they should have to hold to the same standards of we report the news as it comes to us and we, 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 we apply the same energy in finding out the character of a non-minority victim as a victim. As, as a minority victim But we don't have Those standards it's, Like you said uh, To piggyback What you said You're 100% right But like I said It's a reason It's it's a reason Why they, they Somebody They put the picture of, of him The worst of the worst Or him with a do-rag Or him with a hoodie And not put the accolades Of him being Somebody who's successful Or somebody that was this Doing good Doing good as a young man Or as a, as a young adult Period right When these Um when these uh, Caucasian victims do stuff, they put the best of the best pictures of them. Maybe him leaving the church, maybe him doing this, and then they say, well, something happened in between when he was 11 and 15 where um, things hit for the worse or the turn, or that's when they're like, oh, you know what? It could be a situation, you know, his father left him at 13, or they try to find a reason to justify why it's okay of him just killing 20 people or him just... You know, doing something that 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 affects everybody, but like I said, the media plays a part of it, and also it's like, you know, as a young adult and also as adult period, at times we all, you know, we like to be fashionable and stuff, but when you when you're around certain people, you got to carry yourself a certain way, too. Also, right? Yeah. So, like I might not have the me and you might not have the same conversation. It's sad, right? But me and you not gonna have the same conversation if we was riding around Caucasians, which call it to make a company. We're not gonna be Cursing or use a profanity or certain things or certain terms that we would use in front of our, you know, our loved ones or other people. But we, the media, what happens is the media makes you feel like you got to act a certain way or they put the worst 
image of you as an African American, and then they put it out there. And it's like it's it's so funny to me. Like they always find these pictures. Like who's yeah. soon as the soon as something happened, that victim has the worst the worst picture up, and I'm like, who who's getting paid for that? Yo, it's grimy people. It's people. That's an inside scoop job. It's, it, it's people who know that person and just be like, you know what? I can make a quick twenty thousand on this picture. Not even that. It's also like, you know what? I because you know I represent a certain interest. I'm gonna make sure that this person doesn't look good. The last thing I want to say is like, yo, the media has to do better. The media has to be That's held a to a higher standard. That's a fact. And you know, I, I have friends who always say I'm always talking about Donald Trump. But look, Donald Trump had several porn stars besides Stormy Daniels, other women he had affairs with that he paid to cover up in 2016 on his way to the presidency. You think if Obama had a, a, a porn star he paid off while he was running for, for, for president, that that wouldn't have come out? Let me, let me, let me just give you an example, and then we can um, move on to the next question, right? When Michael Vick did the dog nose, uh, with, with dog the dog, 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 dog fighting, right? They made him seem like he was the worst person in the world. How can you do this to um, dogs and to animals? And all, all these support groups came out. Ben Roethlisberger got charged for two, allegedly, he raped two, rapes. Two, two rapes. And that story probably was talked about in the news probably for two days and never talked about it again. Mm. Now we're just talking about how great Big Ben is. And, and I'm not saying Big Ben is not a good character. And I'm not saying that. He didn't do. He did it, or whatever. But you drag you 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 ruined Mike Vick's um Mike. Car- you ruined Mike Vick's career. And I'm not saying what he did was 100 percent right because I'm not gonna sit there and say it was 100 percent right. You ruined his career. His career went downhill from there. Yeah. And then you know he did jail time and all this. But you got people who get away with rape two charges. two three different occasions rape charges and it's like it's okay. So you know, 2018. A lot of good things are happening, but justice is still not served. And, you know, to bring justice to be served, you got to be aware of your surroundings and, and carry yourself a certain way. It's sad, yeah. but you have to. Yeah. And then, it's like just, you said, it's, the it's media... Just tough. It's just tough to have people live... And then the media, the media, like, like for instance, the... Um, the lady I don't know that told um, LeBron James to shut up and just dribble the basketball when he's I, talking I about remember her name, when, he, when he's talking about issues that's important, you know. Yeah. It's, so. it's just the media has a better, more uh, has more responsibility to do better because it's like you can't expect this country to heal and this country to become better if you continue to make the people in this country not feel comfortable. Like, I feel like, you know, minorities aren't considered Americans. They're considered we, someone else. We don't get a fair shot. But let, let me, let's move on to something more light. And this topic is called X Games, right? And it's it's like certain decorum that people need to have when it comes to dealing with exes, you know? And I, I, I want to know, you know, what kind of things do we need to follow when we're talking about dealing with exes? How can we continue to have the relationship? Because, you know, sometimes you end in a bad situation. Sometimes you end in a good situation. And you know what? You, you've had something with this person. Maybe you won't continue a relationship with them, but you continue to want to have some kind of communication. Or be friends or something. So yeah. we want to talk about how long after a relationship ends should you cut off your ex? How long should you wait to cut off your ex? So, so for instance, you know, um, should you... Like, if you're in a new relationship or you're yeah. trying to get to know someone, but you're still communicating with your with your ex, you know, it could be that you guys are involved in the same circles. It could be that you know, you guys aren't enemies. You know, so 
how long when you leave in that relationship and now you're in a new relationship you know what's the time period that you could still continue to be friends or you have to cut it off um when you when you're in a new relationship how long or like just in general i think I, I think um it all depends how the um relationship ended right so if the relationship ended because you know and also I, it's a lot of factors that play into this question because it all depends how the relationship ended and what stage of life you at right so if it's a relationship where it ended because now like as an older gentleman or older female some relationship ends because not just saying females this person want to get married and then you say you know I'm I'm not at, I'm not there yet you know my career I've been on and off of my career you know my money situation hasn't been the greatest or you know like I felt like you know I'm just not there to get married and then you end the situation which goes that's a little different if you at that point that means it's going to take time to just I'm not going to talk to my ex anymore. So that could take a couple months. You understand? Mm. But if it's on some... If it ended on some fuckboy shit, yeah. let's, let's just call it spade to spade, like where you got caught up, both parties, you know, after a week or two, you know, you might heal, you might moan. You got to move on. You can't be playing the, the back and forth games because all it's going to make you do is now you, you, you're you never really going to move on properly. Mm. I, I feel you. I, I feel like, you know... Like you said, it's the nature of a relationship before you make that timetable. If you kind of, some relationship you've been with someone so long that you guys grew up together. You fact. care about their mother, their father. You care about their family and stuff like that. You guys grew up together. So it's kind of like when the relationship don't work, you kind of need some time to like, you know, break things off. And then also sometimes the relationship continues to to go on but you know you guys just can't be together and like you said sometimes the relationship ended bad you know what I'm saying you, you got, got just, caught cheating yeah, you just she was cheating on. it deteriorated I feel like my, my answer to this is if you can maturely move on from the relationship you know there's no back door I might you know still try to see you know what that mouth do or oh, yeah. or still like damn the sex was good if, it, if the window is gonna be open where you might go back and forth it won't let you get a clean break then i feel like after two three months of that relationship if it if it's toxic or if it's not being able to close and seal it you got to cut them off you have to but because if hold on but ahead. if 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 the relationship is to the point where you guys are both mature you guys you know can handle this communication i i, I think there's there's level to it like you can't be texting a person every day and you're trying to move on but at the same time you could have friendly communication maybe still be friends on Facebook maybe send an email from time to time to check up Definitely. on them but you also have to keep it 100% real yes, with yeah. your, your, your current person like yo I still have communication with that yeah that's, that's 100% right and you know like you said just a level of how the relationship ended you know like the communication factor is, and then also you got to make sure that your new partner or the new situation is comfortable with that. Mm -hmm. If they're not comfortable with that, you can send the old person, even if in the end now greatly, listen, you know, whatever her name is, you know, or he, she, whatever, vice versa. You know what, um, out of respect for my new relationship, you know, I, we could be friends on Facebook, friends on Instagram here and there, but you know, context, communication, it makes my new relationship she's not comfortable or he's not comfortable of the communication you know that we had or the history that we have so you gotta respect that you know if you text me with, if I'm not from now on 
I'm not really going to be texting you like that. I might hit you back on birthdays or holidays or it's something important that, that we, we went, we shared through just a quick, you know, here or there, but you know, out of respect for my relationship and I'm trying to move on because mm-hmm. it all depends how the dynamic of the relationship end because if the relationship ended smooth, if it ended smooth and it was just a matter of, you know what, sometimes you part ways with somebody because you realize this person ain't it. We don't have the same goals. Yeah, we don't have the same goals. We don't have the same energy. And then it's and sometimes you sometimes you can be in a relationship with somebody for five years and realize, yo, this ain't the person I want to spend We're the rest. Wasting of, time. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to spend the rest of my life I, with. I feel like if you if so, you don't need closure, if like it, because if you're in a situation where you need closure from your ex, you you don't understand why it didn't work out. It's it's a dangerous thing to yeah. still have communication and, and, with and them. And it's gonna take because time. you're always gonna want to seal the deal. You want to understand, but if it's gonna, it's if, gonna take if it time. just it just was just like yo we were in different stages of our life you moved on I moved on then, then I think you could you know continue the relationship so the next question on this is can you hang out with your ex when you're in a relationship you cannot hang out with your ex while you're in a relationship so I'm gonna add a caveat to that do you think that even though I don't know how you could pull this off I don't know anyone do you think that you know you your current girl, your ex, and her her new boo, y'all could like you know, hang out all together. I'm gonna answer this right. You cannot do that because now what what are you trying to do here now? Like, what games are you playing here now? Well, because you know how, let me oh, let me oh, answer. Let me answer okay. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but okay. it's just like you know how when you're with someone and they're supposed to be your best friend, and then when you guys break up, it's just like you know sometimes there's a dynamic of. This is, I still like this person as a friend. We just can't be together, you know, intimately. So you but can't continue you that, can't, that friendship? You cannot continue that friendship because you're never going to grow in your new relationship. It's You automatic put in an asterisk in your new relationship, right? Because me as a man, we both married. So me as a, um, um, me as a man or even vice versa as a woman, I'm always going to have that insecurity of, what is going on here? I thought mm-hmm. she was an ex. Why are we hanging out with them? This is uh, why are we going to all your favorite spots? Why are we meeting up? Why are the kids hanging out? It's always going to be an insecurity on, on on the new new person you're dealing with. So you cannot hang out with the, your ex publicly. What you can do with your exes, like I said, if her mom passes or somebody you know that you knew, whatever, you, show your respect. you could show your respect. You could show up to the funeral with your new. Your, your new relationship, you could show, you cannot, even showing up to a wedding, with, uh, to your ex's, your ex, uh, showing up to your ex's wedding and now she's getting married but y'all was still cool with you. It's a dangerous situation because it's like, you always opening the door, the invite of, oh, oh, the other person to be insecure, like, are they still dealing with each other? Why would she invite her ex to a wedding? You know, you just don't, when you cut an ex off, X is an X for a reason Because you're trying to start A new relationship And a healthy relationship If you're still hanging out With your ex n- There's going to be Nothing healthy about that I, I think Nothing healthy Big bro you Nothing know, I, healthy I, I, about I, I, that I ask these questions Sometimes to be a devil advocate And just for us to have Dialogue about certain circumstances If you and your ex Both belong to the same church And now you guys Break up But you guys still want to remain In the same church There could be an instance When now you're dating Someone new and they're dating someone new, but you're still part of the same church okay. family. So then you still have get-togethers that happen to the same church. You could belong to the same political, 
you know, you might have the same volunteer program, like, you know, I used to date this person, but, you know, this, the, the goals of this program mean so much for me to just let the fact that I used to date the person ruin it. I still want to partake in it. Why don't you partake with me so you could always see, you never think, oh, man, why is he always going to that program? Because the ex is there, you could be there with me. That those certain situations like that is okay, right? It's okay if you 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 go you still go to the same church as your ex, and like you said, certain programs, what you call it. As long as the the person you're in a relationship is involved in that, but if you're saying that, oh, you know, um, you know, uh, Alan A and Me has a a pastor coming in from Tennessee, you know, you know, um, Chanel gonna be there, you know, we still go to the same church, and then at the at the church, um. We probably go to our, our brunch spot. You know the brunch spot. You know we went there a couple of times. Took you there, which goes now because that's that's that, like a, that's a, a different ball game. game. That's yeah. a different different ball game. But if you saying that you know Chanel, you know we both met each other. We met each other at Allen. You know I don't want to change my church because I like the church. Whatever, it's different. You could do that. But hanging out and all that stuff, no, that person got to be involved. That's a different scenario because that's a certain situation that y'all built together, and then you want to continue that. But the hanging out. We're not going bowling. We're not going to dinner. We're not going to movies. I don't want to be at your ex's wedding. Yeah. I don't, because this is what you're going to do for the insecurity of the person. Your mind is going to start playing tricks for you. Even as a guy, you're mm-hmm. going to be like, damn, what kind of crazy stuff he was doing with my lady when he had it, or vice versa. Let me tell you. You I, know, it's going to play tricks with you. I, I dated a girl who, um, and I was much younger. I wasn't mature enough. Like, you know, she had a child with her, you know, her ex-husband and stuff like that. But she, and you know, and I, I know I was immature because her and her ex-husband, you know, they called each other several times a day. They were, they weren't beefing. It was always love and they would be laughing and joking and stuff like that. I felt like, yo, for them to be exes, and it was immature of me because they had a child together. But I felt like a lot of their conversations ain't had nothing to do with the child. And I'm around, so I felt disrespected. You know what I'm saying? So let me ask this. So I was just like. You know, we didn't work out because I never allowed myself to be secure enough in that relationship because it was just like she always was talking to her ex. You know, they, they and, and I understand if it's about the child, go ahead. But it would be like you just spoke to him 20 minutes ago and he's calling again. And then now you're picking up the phone and I ain't hear one mention about the son. When, That's listen, suspect. when children involved is a different dynamic. But even if, okay, you're right. But, you know, different they dynamics. weren't even talking about the child. But, so let me ask one yeah. last question so we can move on. If your relationship ends peacefully, should your ex remain in your life in any way, shape, or form, social media or in person? Because some people might say, no, exes don't belong in your life, I period. think even if the relationship ends peacefully, your ex could remain in your life with social media out of respect. So if your ex want to hit you on social media, she could hit you directly where everybody could know that she's hitting you. Yeah. She can't DM me. No DM, private She can't private message me. She can't do certain things. Like she can't be like, if she be like, okay, Cliff, you looking good. You looking, okay, Cliff, you looking good in that suit. And then, what you call it? Then my wife sees it. What you call it? Your wife ain't gonna. My that wife, shit. my wife is jealous. <laughs> my wife ain't going for that. You know. I, but but what I'm saying is, if she does it respectfully to the point where I don't feel like it's too malicious, yes. But certain private stuff, DM and all that and stuff. You, I'm I'm gonna keep it real. So this is I'm gonna answer it. Then we'll move on. To okay. Stop it. No right? problem. If if your relationship ends peacefully, can your ex remain into your in your life? Yes, but you have to be honest with yourself. Because sometimes we break up with people, but we live that what if. Sometimes it's like, yo, I'm going to go out, see what's going on. But you know what I'm saying? 
I'm always going to keep Shirley in the background just in case things change. Mm -hmm. If you have that mentality, then you know what? Your ex can't remain in your life because you're never going to be fully committed to your new situation. That's you're right. always going to use this person as a backdoor, as a clutch, as a safe. Like I, I was dating a girl before my wife who said, more of you, my soulmate. I love you. I'm just not ready to settle down. So but if things change, then I want to be with you. And I'm just like, I can't keep communication with a person like that because in the back of this person's mind, I'm there. I'm their You're safety safe pushing. You safe know, it's a safe, safety net. So it's just like if anything go wrong, they're going to try to pull me in. And it's not going to allow me to, you know, put the respect and the energy that I need in my new relationship. So the last topic we're going to talk about, and we're going to try to keep it short, but it's a good one. I think I should have moved it up. Is Does the bag control the relationship? And when I say does the bag <laughs> control the relationship, it's just like, you know, does the breadwinner determines how the relationship flows. You know what I'm saying? So the first question is, does the breadwinner make the final decisions? What do you think? Wow. As a married man, I feel like... We both married, so... You could puff up your chest and say, I'm going to move this way, I'm going to move that way, but then if your wife's not feeling your decision, for the most part, you go, eh, I'm going to make a decision that, that we both can live uh, with. Uh, listen, um... So I think whoever has the vagina makes the final decision. <laughs> I'm going to What I'm going to say is, when it comes to certain situation about the breadwinner make the final decision that has you know the money part it plays a dynamics in certain arguments and arguments you're like you know what I, I do this I do that I'll do that that that's that that's the little blowish of you you thinking mm -hmm. but when it comes to trying to have a healthy relationship the money shouldn't matter if mm -hmm. if you know relationship especially us married men you always got to be considerate. You got joint accounts that goes to certain bills. You got your own accounts. You, If you have a kid, you got your daughter's accounts, your your son accounts. So you always got to have the respect factor. It doesn't matter. Like one person could be making 100000 Another person could be making 60000 mm -hmm. The other person could be making 250000 Another person could be making 80000 What matters is the communication process of yeah. it. So the breadwinner part, it only, the breadwinner part only matters when it comes to arguments, because now you're trying to low, like yeah, you're trying to degrade, thing. you're trying to degrade the person. That's it. So this is my circumstance. I, I, I'm one of the the men out here in America whose wife is quote unquote the breadwinner. My wife, I make a decent income. My wife makes way more money than I do. You know what I'm saying? So you would think I'm in a lose lose situation. I make more money than my wife, <laughs> good amount more. And she's the boss. Yeah. I'm smart enough to well, know so, that. So <laughs> as a man, it's like twofold, right? So uh, you know, at the end of the day, the wife's are usually the boss anyway. But then now I have a wife whose income is way stronger than mine. But I say this, the thing that makes it worse, to answer the question, does the breadwinner have the final decision? And I would say, to be honest with you, I'm not being PC. It depends on the circumstance, right? I'm more of a financial mind than my wife is because finance is my background. So even though she makes more money than me, she lets me be the final decision maker on things that I'm strong in. Just like things that she's strong in, I say, babe, lead the way. You tell me what you need me to do. And that's how, you know, we prevent the egos from clashing. But when things get spicy. Oh, yeah, it gets ugly. When things get spicy, you know. That that card, she's probably gonna hate this and talk to me later. That card that get pulled is, well, you know what? I, I pay more of this, and that's that's like slamming the big joker on the table. Only so when listen, you make more money, that's the big let joker. Me, let, let me tell you about a scenario that happened with me, and um, my wife don't watch the show like this all the time, right? So 
only thing that happens with the fact that I make more money than her is like when it comes to finances or being organized or paying the bills or certain thing, which well, I let her take control of that and I just pay what I need to pay and I don't I don't mind spending anybody that knows me is I'm a spender, right? But I let her and then also I have a health condition, right? So now that me having when I had when I got sick and I got my health condition, I had that conversation when I listen, listen, you are the head of the household due to certain situations that happened to me. So I need you to move accordingly. We sat down, we agreed on that, you know, and I respect that. But I do so, you know me, I'm wild. Like, I, I, my wife was, my wife was you going on. You I'd be like, yo, my I'm wife, not getting away with that My wife was going house. on vacation and I just bought a, another car. And I, and I, <laughs> I just, I do Who certain, buys a spare car and tells your I, wife, yo, like, yo, I just got a yo, new car. I, I, I bought another car. I bought another car. Didn't say nothing. She called me, bugging out like, I think somebody using my insurance, uh, some insurance fraud, uh, what you call it. They said, um... Um, there's a Jaguar linked to uh, my Geico account. I said, no, that's that's my car. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's my car. You having a good time in Miami? Those are the certain situations where I'm like, okay, I went to buy a car. That's this is what yeah, it is. I it wasn't it. right out of respect for her. It wasn't right. I shouldn't have did it, but I did it, you know, because yeah. it was one of those situations. I, I, like, I, I think that's one of the, the, the <laughs> toughest things in life as a man, as, as anyone, where it's just like, there's a lot of times, right? Like my money's not crazy, but there's a lot of times like I want something, I can afford it, and I'm still gonna be able to pay the bills that we decided I was gonna pay. But I know it's just like, it's that argument. So if you had money to get this BMW Z4, even though it's an old school <laughs> boy, right? I could get it for like five, 6,000, yeah. no car, no, it'll be a nice play toy. It's like, yeah, but it's just like, you know, if you drop that 6,000 on that Z4 cause it's your toy, you could have did X, Y, Z more in the house. You could have did stuff Big like that. Big bro. So it's like, you, you, you got to bite the bullet and say, Big bro. I want it, but you I can't. You know, when it comes to the finances of taking our care of our household, and like I said, when I got sick in, um, in certain situations, I told her she has to be the head of the household when it comes to certain that. She's great on, she's organized, great on paying bills and stuff. But you know how I move. If I want to like, if I want to buy, listen, no disrespect to my wife. I love my wife. If I want to buy two more cars next week, that's what I'm going to do. Yeah, I can't. I'm just, one, I'm one of those. I, and I'm not in that tax bracket I'm, yet to really pull I'm, it off. I'm one of those. And this is not no show off stuff. That's just how I don't, sometimes when it comes to certain things, I do so, it. We're coming down in time. So I, I want to ask the next question. Can a man who's being supported add value outside of money? Like I always say in my relationship, you know, even if I'm limited in doing certain things money-wise, I always save us money. And I always say me saving us money as if, as if I put money in the situation. Let me give you an example. When we had our last house, we wanted to get central air in the house. Okay. We had Sears come in. Sears gave us like an $8,000 write-up. I said, you know what? I know people who know people. I'm going to get the job done. Okay. I got the job done for $2,000. Yeah. I saved us $6,000 because we was going to go with the 8000 but I got us the $2,000 job. Yeah. So, but can a man who's being taken care of add value to a relationship if he can't bring money into the situation? He can definitely add, um, add value to a relationship if he's holding his own when it comes to being organized. You can't not be financially stable not being organized. So, granted, if you're my, it's crazy, but it's 2018, with facts, let's 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 keep it one hundred. There's women out there there's making women, more money. There's women out here making more money than men because of 
educational wise or just because black women are the most yeah, educated they, black women people. further their education more than than the men that's a fact that's not even a situation where i'm just throwing out that's a fact so if you're not the breadwinner there you still want to bring certain values and you still you still got your you still got your moxie and you still could be a man about it but take care of the stuff you need to take care of so when she do have the argument or she do wants to bring it or she wants to degrade you such very lesson babe you gave me these jobs i did it mm. i'm telling you i'm not comfortable with that so you stay in your ground and if a lot of the times what happens is when you're not the breadwinner especially when you, the woman is the breadwinner She's not gonna have that much respect for you. Forget forget the fact that you're not the breadwinner, right? Because I'm not the breadwinner either, but I pay bills. I'm talking about when you a kept man, like you don't have to work. Like, you know, maybe what Oprah's doing to Stedman kind of stuff like that. How does Stedman add value to the situation? He add values to you had values to the relationship um to relationship because listen, you always need somebody to ground you. Mm-hmm. Michael Jordan, whoever you are, whatever money, you always need somebody to bring you back to reality. Listen, man, you doing good. I, I talk to people that sometimes, what you call it, I'm making more money than them now, whatever, or for hard work, whatever, or it doesn't matter. But I respect them and I don't, I'm not trying to be, act a certain way because you always need somebody to humble you, bring you back to earth for what's going That's on. That's interesting. So a man who's not bringing that bag to the situation can add value by just keeping that woman level-headed and keep keeping the household running. hundred percent. By just giving leadership. Lead- even if leadership, the leadership doesn't have the bag. providing proper guidance of bringing what's important to their relationship. It's money. Listen, money is good. Money's therapeutic just to keep you happy, to to get certain things, pay the bill, what you call it. But it's you need that leadership to keep the relationship going. I further agree with you because I feel like, and this is probably going to be something that caused controversy, I feel like no matter how strong and intelligent a woman is, she always will appreciate and kind of need a man who knows things to, you know, keep her feeling protected, and right? Vice versa. Because some women know how to go out there and get money all day and the other, but she wants to feel protected in her home. She wants to feel... Like she has someone who's protecting her and leading her in certain ways, even if it's not money. It'd be other things in life. The last question I'm going to ask before we end the show is, does an independent woman scare the black man? I feel like so many times because nowadays the, the roles change that so many independent women puff up their chest and kind of like will dog a man like. Because like even the girl that I was interested in before my wife, she was making more money than, than I was, but we was just dating or whatever. And it's just like, she would always say things like, I make more money than you, so you would stay home if I had a child. <laughs> I make more money than you, so it's just like, I would choose where we would live. And I'm just like, whoa. I don't think the black man's scared of an independent woman. I think the black man's scared of a woman who's going to emasculate him. So what do you think? Do you think the black man's afraid of an independent woman? I think... The black man's afraid of an independent woman if he doesn't know who he is, right? Because mm. that—that's that, a whole different. Drop the that's, mic that's a different. That's a whole different ball game, because the black man shouldn't be as afraid of an independent woman if he knows who he is. The fact that you would want to be with somebody, you know what? That that that's independent, because at the end of the day, let's let's just say if the relationship don't work out, you know she can hold her own. If certain situations happen, she go she could she could she could hold the fault and vice versa. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't be scared. You should be grateful that you have that person who's independent. Mm-hmm. Somebody who's leaning on you is gonna make the relationship go south. 
yeah. regardless. I don't care. That person could be great, whatever. Because you always is that always the person's always gonna feel like I'm doing everything. Yeah. It's all weight on your shoulder. But if you got somebody who's independent and you got your own, that's that's a beautiful thing. I'm gonna answer this and then we can close out the show. I don't think the black man's afraid of an independent woman, right? Because we're all taught to be independent. So I respect you that you're able to get yours. I think the black man's, you know, the black man feels like he gets so much disrespect in the world. He's treated such a way all across the world that when I'm in my home, I want to be treated as an equal, if not a king. And I feel like a lot of times independent black women feel like, you know, I don't need a man, so I'm going to treat a man like I don't need him. And everybody wants to be treated like they're needed, regardless, well, some, of, what, some, regardless of what finances they bring to the table, regardless of what experiences they bring to the table. Make me feel like you want me to be your king. You know what I'm saying? So that's how we're going yeah. to end the show. going to do a quick shout-outs before we head out. Shout out anything Like I said I want to um, Shout out to my bro Who passed away um, Amir Bay Dan, A.K.A. Danny Murray You know um, It's crazy Because I was the last I'm literally the last friend To see him Six months ago I went to go visit him In Houston And he was in good spirits And you know It's been a tough weekend For 170th Street period You know It's a bunch of us It's like a 10, 10 to 12 of us You know That knew him Since 20 years plus And uh, you know I just want to tell him rest in peace, and then you know until we meet again. I love you, bro. Yeah, man. You know, likewise, like you said, you know, rest in peace, Amir Bay, and you know your legacy will ever live on in our hearts. You know, what I'm saying everybody mostly know him as Danny Murray, but you know you're a good brother, and you know I don't know. They always say everything happens for a reason. I don't understand it, but I can't question God. But I know I'm gonna keep your name alive, and we continue to just you know try to move forward. And that's my views for the week. We out. Peace. The friend zone. Mom trying to be, I'm trying to reach the end zone. You think I'm kind of sweet and you want to be friends though? It's cool though. Just don't try to play me for no fool, yo. Views from the friend zone. Mom trying to be, I'm trying to reach the end zone. You think I'm kind of sweet and you want to be friends though? It's cool though. Just don't try to play me for no fool, yo. Yeah, I'm going to send you yeah, the